Are you teaching at Joe's Crab Shack now? Yeah. <laughs> that was a dream job, man. If I could uh, get a tenure track at the Crab Shack. Oh, so not the Crab Shack anymore, because it's the Shack. I think the Crab label was uh, limiting them and what they could do. People, <laughs> people get confused and think they could only get crab there, when in fact they yeah. can also get oysters. Yeah, I don't remember seeing crab on the menu there. Uh -oh. I guess there was. Maybe they just tried to move away from the Crab labeling entirely. Just, just the Shack. There maybe there was. I think maybe now that I... I know they have Crabby Joe's Pilsner. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you could go there and it's like uh, Alaska snow crab day and they're just like making runs over to Sam's and picking up. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. I mean, that's the one thing, like right in the middle of Fort Walton, there's a red lobster and it's like, why, why would you, yeah. who goes to this red lobster? But for I think a the, red, yeah. the red lobster is pretty close to the shack, I think. Oh, isn't yeah. it? It's right down the yeah. street. It's right on the water. It's like right next yeah. to the water and it's like <laughs> everything comes on a freezer truck. Um, it's uh, like this giant parking lot. For yeah, even while, the we having, like, biscuits. Yeah, we're having the the um, what is it? The Democratic. Uh, I was gonna say the hee haw. It's not the hee haw. It's the big the hoot nanny. We're having our hoot nanny <laughs> meetings, and they started having them at like Red Lobster. I said, well, "What are you?" Was all all of, but I mean, I couldn't like complain about seafood for the Oakland Cheddar County Cheddar baked biscuits. Yeah. When all 15 Democrats in Oklahoma County meet up, we shouldn't complain. We go to the one location where we won't get firebombed. <laughs> we have to hide in the Red Lobster. Which is ironic, because as Chad knows, the only like Democratic stronghold in Oklahoma County is uh, Harbor Docks, the uh, best seafood restaurant. Yeah. Out there. Although Nick's on... Have you been to Nick's in Crestview, like out on the bay? No. It's, it's good. It's one of those places, it's like all, just a cinder block square but like it's actually like really really fresh seafood it's very mm. good yeah i've seen it but i have a yeah, yeah it's mm. good. anyway welcome to uh our discussion of seafood restaurants <laughs> in Oklahoma county uh <laughs> harbor docks nicks you can always try the uh, baytown wharf and uh boat bo bo champs um what is oh uh the oyster hut <laughs> oyster hut uh um oh no i can't think of it now i can't think of it i can't think of mullet town mullet, mullet town well they changed the name to niceville it's just niceville now <laughs> yeah. forget the, it jake. the shad shack <laughs> forget it jake it's niceville forget it uh commissioner gates it's niceville. anyway uh well, this is Atticus Shrugged, our uh, week weekly podcast <laughs> about uh, politics and culture in the South. Um, sorry, I disappeared from the world for a few months. I hope everyone's doing all right. How's is it? Okay. August? Has it been? Has it been like two weeks since we did this, or two months, or a I year and a half? I can't tell time anymore. I'm pretty sure it's March since we've done it, and I thought, oh, March, uh, and I had to go back to America suddenly in March. I thought, well, this would be good. At least I'll get to record in the same time zone with everyone, and then I disappeared off the face of the earth for a while. It is a shame because if we'd recorded in March, I had so many good Northwest Florida stories for everybody that I've since since forgotten. 
um, since spending weeks at my dad's house. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good material. A lot, a lot of good material there. And I was there like right when uh, we had all the good Matt Gates stuff too. When it looked for like a few weeks like he was going to jail, and then like the re- whole entire rest of his life, there managed to be zero consequences <laughs> for, for any of it. I've been to the U.S. since then to my dad's house, which the whole backyard is all dug up now with holes because we we're still looking for the gold. <laughs> um, Are they really? Uh, yeah, Jim Dykes is gold. Jim Dykes is gold. The legend yeah. lives on. But now, <laughs> but now no one who lives there, I figure that they're digging it up just by shooting randomly into the backyard to see if it. Well, that's <laughs> you know that's the uh, uh, the East Tennessee excavator they call it. Um, <laughs> The, a little the semi-automatic. I just hate to tell them that it's actually Jim Dykes's gold premium chewing tobacco. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it turned out that the gold was right there in your mouth all along. <laughs> it was right there between your uh, just a little pinch. Cheek and gum. Your... <laughs> knowing, knowing Jim Dykes the way I do, I would imagine that Jim Dykes' gold probably got spent in like the two months before his death, just just to spite everybody. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much the story. <laughs> just like in, replaced with a pile of guns. Of strength, he he went out and dug up the gold and like went to the convenience store and got like all the candy bars. <laughs> just bought <laughs> bought ten thousand dollars of lottery tickets. And <laughs> uh, my wife, ninety six year old grandfather, uh, is confined to the nursing home and still calls up to get people to like buy him um, lottery tickets. And they can never figure out why his like government benefits check is zero at the end of every month because he like he calls everyone he knows and gets them to sneak out and buy him lottery tickets and bring them to the old folks home. Yeah. I'm kind of why am I surprised that Japan has a national lottery? A lot of things about Japan uh, surprise people when they find out um, that it's not just panty vending machines and video games. It's actually an incredibly conservative government and a lot of crazy old people. But yeah, and the, 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 the thing that surprised me most uh, when I learned it from you mm. is that a lot of it is country. A lot, a lot. It looks because like we tend to think of, yeah, we think of it as being uh, all That's Tokyo pretty. all the time. Well, it's because most most American stories uh, about Japan are from Tokyo. They're stories about Tokyo. <clears throat> if they just relabeled like seventy five percent of those stories in Tokyo instead of in Japan, it would make a lot more sense. But in general, Japan like looks a lot like East Tennessee, uh, or North Carolina, just really green and mountainy. Um, but yeah, the lottery though it doesn't f- fund schools here because they actually fund the schools. It goes to uh, keep the uh, panty vending machines uh, running because those run at a loss every year. Because <laughs> the only people who buy them are like Americans that come over to see if they exist. So, and to preserve uh, uh, classic culture. manga. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I, that's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> panty vending machine culture it's a real thing well uh i mean i i guess we should just end the episode because nothing's going on in the south this week as usual <laughs> so yeah bye um so yeah we were going to record on monday and then uh we there was a there was a galdang hurricane so um fortunately i guess well we've all we've all had the experience of being in hurricanes but we all missed this one so i guess that's good but I'm sure, Chad, one's coming for you before. It's only halfway through the hurricane season. Yeah, so we're just getting yet. started. This is just yeah. the kickoff. <laughs> yeah. 
you're ready for some football. All your rowdy friends are coming over. All my rowdy friends are coming over, and we're uh, getting in the bathtub. <laughs> over the mattress <laughs> over your heads. Yeah. <laughs> and then using your driveway as a staging area for rescue <laughs> operations. I, I give a, like, I'm putting even odds on that happening by the end of the year, but we'll see. Uh, we had, we, you know, we got a bunch of our friends, I guess, sure you guys too, evacuating right now. And ironically, my friends in Metairie had to evacuate to Lake Charles. It's like, oh my God, you know, it's a bad season when you're evacuating to Lake Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Can we come hide out under your blue tarp? Well, yeah. <laughs> A lot of people, um, uh, a lot of my friends stayed through the hurricane, I think, as a point of honor as much as anything. Yeah. And then as soon as they realized they were going to be without power for a couple of weeks, they decided that they'd go ahead and drive north at a more leisurely pace and uh, uh, stay with friends or relatives or whatever. Yeah, that seems to be the situation now. Like, uh, there was kind of a phase, like, everyone, well, we had, like, some people evacuated, some didn't. The people who stayed were then, like, uh, holy shit, I see the report of how bad the wind's going to be. I wish I had had it left. Um, and then, you know, in, in New Orleans, uh, most people seem to be all right. And then everyone, not everyone now, but a lot of people now are like, okay, three weeks without power in New Orleans. See ya. And um, then are trying to figure out places to go. But, you know, people are all, I know so far, like what, Montgomery, Auburn, Crestview, Lake Charles, I don't know where else people are, are going to, but it's about to be SEC football season, so they, yeah. you're going to get limited on hotel space in, in the southeast here pretty soon. Yeah, sorry. I got, friends, I got friends who have power back up already, though. In the city? Yeah. Where? Um, I think part of Uptown. I mean, wouldn't that wow. make sense? That's the first I've heard of it. I haven't heard of anybody having it. Um, they do, I, I could be mistaken it. about that, but... Uh, some I saw some, but it could it could have been an old post on social media from the during the storm because the power was up and down. Yeah, quite a bit. I think it has to be because I know like the hospital <coughs> doesn't even have power right now, so I don't. Um, that was a fun one too. I don't know how much hospital stuff I'm allowed to talk about because I, I it's kind of, but uh, I, but the I, I know they were running on generator power for a while and then the generator caught on fire with the update that I got was the, oh look the generator's on fire. And then a nurse threw up their hands and said, fuck this, and left. And they didn't know if they meant if that meant they quit forever or just had to walk out. Did they while. just did they just walk out into the hurricane? Like when that happened, they just walked out. Yeah. And like, <laughs> Why not? I mean, yeah. Like, what are they point. doing? They're going south. Like that's the Gulf. Like where are they going? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, there's less corona in the 150 mile per hour winds. Or less corona. Gonna go meet the, the surge halfway. Yeah, we're gonna meet it halfway. <laughs> That's, that's what's called resilience. You meet it halfway. I mean, that's mitigation. Mitigation is meeting it halfway. Resilience is like baking slowly in the heat warning with the power out for three weeks. I thought resilience was bringing out your boogie board. That is sustainability. Okay. <laughs> Chad, welcome to your first day of uh, urban planning grad school, Chad. This is the, yeah. this is the language that we speak. Um yeah, boogie boarding is sustainability, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, boogie boarding is capacity building. Your capacity building, yeah. Uh, lung if, capacity building. Yeah, lung capacity building. If you have, uh, you know, a master's in planning from MIT and boogie board in a hurricane, your capacity building. Um, I, so I, I don't, 
trying to think what to even talk. There's been so much going on. Like I, I imagine, I mean, I'm kind of exhausted just from following, trying to keep up with everybody and where everybody's going. And probably like a lot of people trying to match up, like find, find places for people to go or give information to people or go in different places. And like, uh, I, I ended up just worn out and I'm not even there. So I imagine it's pretty exhausting there, but like, uh, so I didn't, I'm trying to think what, 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 what the plan of talking about it. Cause there's so many things to talk about are, but I wanted to do, so let's do, let's do this first. I think it's been pretty well covered and I think everybody gets it. Now I feel like this time, like a lot of hurricanes, there's like the whole, why don't people evacuate dialogues? And I feel like we've kind of made it over that hump now. Like people get, get why people don't evacuate, but I wanted to ask, run through quickly. Cause I know we've all had to either evacuate or not evacuate. And I know, David, you got to be in the, the, the big evacuation. You you left for Katrina. So I was wondering, maybe we could go through just some of our brief evacuation stories and talk about, like, why either you do or you don't, just for people who are curious. So, David, why do you – I know we've talked about it before, but do you feel like going over your Katrina evacuation again? Uh, I'll, I'll uh, talk about it a little bit. I had a big – well, for one thing, I didn't think I was going to evacuate – because I'd been through hurricanes in New Orleans before, mm-hmm. and um, I got sort of frightened into leaving in the morning. But what that meant is that I'd been out hurricane partying the night mm-hmm. before, and so I had about three hours of sleep, and I had maybe uh, uh, three quarters of a tank of gas in a big gas hog pickup truck. Uh, but, um, mostly I decided to go because a friend was giving me very dire warnings about what was going to happen. And, um, when they told me that they wouldn't evacuate my dogs, Mm -hmm. if, uh, they had to come and get me in a boat, which I don't think is strictly true, but, uh, uh, Sean Penn would have taken your dogs, David. Sean Penn would have put you. That's what I'm saying. He wasn't in my neighborhood though. Um, Well, my neighborhood didn't go under. I mean, I could have stayed there and driven out the next day. uh, But, you know, just to be sure, I hadn't even heard. I was talking to uh, uh, our friend Scott about this last night. Uh, We were reminiscing and talking about how it was Friday. A friend of ours, uh, we all got together at a bar on Friday afternoons after our work week at uh, University of New Orleans. And a friend said, have you seen this thing about Hurricane Katrina? And um, I was saying, I think I probably gave some smart ass answer uh, uh, at that point uh, about um, uh, not being worried about it. Katrina and the waves. But, well, it came up, it came up, um, uh, it was kind of by surprise because you'll remember it came across Florida and uh then started building again in the gulf and so we just didn't it wasn't even really something we were paying much attention to right people thought it was done with Um, because it hit it hit florida first yeah and usually when a hurricane's over land it starts losing uh velocity and um water and all because um, uh, it just doesn't it's not pulling heat up out of the uh, ocean so anyway so then sunday morning I start driving north, and all the hurricane lanes are open so that it's all going north. But I was running out of gas. I got I took all my hurricane supply box and dropped it off with a friend who was staying. Tried to talk her into going with me, and she didn't. And then um, headed north. And 
gas was well, actually first I went down 90. I was going to sort of sneak around and head towards yeah. Florida and then cut north. But uh, because the um, traffic was so slow and so backed up, uh, there was somebody stuck on the bridge and they sat there and their car overheated and caught on fire. On 90? And Yeah. And so there's there was there was no way to get past them. There's a burning car in the middle of the bridge. And if you if you're stuck on ninety and you get like one inch of rain, then you're underwater. So, and I never confirmed this with the news. This is what I understood happened from people who had turned around and were coming back the other direction and yelling out their windows that we should just turn around. There's a car on fire in the middle of the bridge. <laughs> so uh, I turned around, drive all the way back to New Orleans, watching my gas gauge go down. I'm going through a personal okay. crisis at the time too, and um, trying to be on the phone with everybody, but there's no gas to be had. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to have cell phone reception because everybody's on their phone. Um, and um, long story short, eventually that evening, after a lot of like, whenever traffic was at a stop, I'd just turn off my engine to save gas. I finally just had to get off at an exit because uh, um, I didn't want to be out of gas in the middle of the highway. And I went and I found a place that was closed, but they had left their pumps turned on so I could put my credit card in and I got to fill up with gas in and thought I'll stop before Birmingham and turn around and be back in New Orleans um, uh, by Tuesday and school will probably started be started back up by Wednesday because that's the thing about a hurricane and, and whether you, when you're deciding whether to evacuate or not there, it costs you money and you, you know, if it doesn't hit the way that you think it's going to, then you got to be back at work. You've right. got to resume your life. And so the whole idea, you don't realize how long you are or are not putting your life on hold. And that's one of the tough things about making the call. And uh, so I ended up, there was not an empty hotel all the way back to Knoxville. So I just drove all the way home. I slept in my truck uh, somewhere around Chattanooga and then drove on into uh, uh, Roddy Branch, um, uh, uh, I guess, Monday morning and um, uh, didn't get back to New Orleans for three months. I mean... It was two plus months before they let anybody back in. And uh, then my my mom was ill at the time. And so I was staying there. And I, uh, since I didn't have to be back because we were doing everything online by then, I uh, uh, stayed with her until the end and then uh, went back to New Orleans and uh, did all of my crying and uh, uh, gnashing of teeth like after everything was done when I finally got to uh, have a little bit of emotional time. And so I was really surprised at how many really traumatic things, uh, this hurricane brought up, even though I'm, uh, 15, 1600 miles away from new Orleans and, uh, don't have any, uh, worries about, uh, uh, about getting rained on or getting uh, washed out and, most of my friends, I felt like they were pretty safe, but it just brings up something really visceral, like yeah, a sort I, of. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of that going around right now too for a lot of people. It sounds like uh, not uncommon, which is something that I wish like would be more taken into account, right? When you talk about 
evacuation and announcements and all that, it's like a lot of people like weighs into this. It's like all of the experiences leading up to it and how you feel about it and how it makes you feel. But Chad, you've had to like choose to evacuate or not like, cause you're in Houston now you have to make yeah. this decision like annually. So I'm in Houston and yeah, actually, I guess I want to say maybe the first memory I have is Rita. I think it's Rita. Rita came after, right. Rita came after yeah, yeah. Um, Katrina. So it was still, you know, we were still processing Katrina and, um, and I remember I, I was teaching at a school and the school had a lot of kids, uh, that came from, that came from new Orleans. I taught at a Catholic school when I first came to Houston. And so we took in a lot of kids that were, uh, going to like, uh, new or like Catholic schools in new Orleans. And so we had like Rita kind of came right on that right on the, 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 the right behind uh, Katrina. So that was still kind of fresh. And I remember one and the kid, everybody was kind of worried, like, what's it going to be? Oh, this is going to be, and it was headed toward, you know, the thoughts where it's going to head toward Houston. So it's going to be like Katrina, but for Houston. And so a lot of people were nervous and the kids, a lot of the kids, a lot of my kids that were Katrina kids were like, Oh my God, like, this is off. Like we just evacuated from one city Right. And now we're going to have to, eva- I remember one girl, this was kind of, I mean, it wasn't funny, but she was like, oh my God, this is making me crazy. Like, forget this. I'm evacuating home. I'm evacuating. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, and I remember like the day, like the last day of work, well, and the teacher work. So do we get tomorrow off? And they're like, no, we got to come in to teach. Like we're, te- like, we're teaching, yeah. we're teaching. And then I think it was maybe landfall maybe a day or two before landfall and like, and uh, one of the teacher's son who was like, he was like a high school student, but he didn't know he was, uh, he just started college. So he did a lot of tutoring at our school and he would always show up and like bring the, the teacher lunch and stuff. So he showed up and he was like, you better go get gas for your car because there's no gas anywhere. Like there's no gas. Like every, everybody's out of gas and like everybody and all the, like, like all the offices are sending everybody home. Like everybody's leaving. Um, and I was like, well, I can't, I got to stay and teach. Like I can't go. I was like, well, here, give me your keys and I'll go fill your car up. And so I gave him my keys and he comes back. He's like, well, I drove around for like 30 minutes and there's no gas anywhere. Um, and he's like, also, he was like, also your car is almost, your gas is all, you're almost out of gas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay, great. And so then, like, school gets out. And of course, school is out. And I just, I split as, as soon as I can get out of school. And the interstate is already, like, backed up. Like, the interstate is stopped. Like, you can't get on the interstate. And so I'm taking, you know, like, back roads to get home. I'm on empty. And, like, everywhere I pass, every gas station I pass is, like, empty, empty, empty. And I had talked to, on um like i talked to um my i have a cousin in dallas so i have a cousin in dallas and she had already said you know come stay you know come stay at our house but i also have a cousin in corpus christi who is like the same part of the family he was gonna go he was evacuating to her house as well as like you know like he'll be there you know it'll be like a big family reunion it'll be fun you know and i'm this is great i'm just trying to get home without running out of gas um and everywhere and and then i'm taking the shortcut and then of course other people are taking the side roads and so then the traffic starts back and so i'm almost out of gas and i get home 
I'm almost like the the last gas station before you get to my house, like had gas. And so I was able to get a little bit of gas and I got home and I, my cousin said, okay, like come tomorrow. And so I was like, all right, we'll come tomorrow. And already the, the, the interstate is already backed up. The interstate is already backed up. And I think this is when I think there was like a bus, like they had evacuated like a senior, like that night we saw the, the, the senior citizens bus had was like stuck on the interstate and like caught on fire and like everybody on the bus died and and then my cousin my cousin from corpus christi called and he said you know what like i was on the interstate for like an hour and a half you know i don't want to be stuck you know if i want to if i'm going to die i'm going to die at my house i recommend you do the same so (laughs) and So then I was like, all right, I guess we're, I guess we're, uh, we're riding out the hurricane and, and, um, and that like Rita actually didn't, it ended up kind of missing. It went more toward like Beaumont and kind of the, the, I think it more that area again, missed Houston. Um, and we didn't even lose power for very long then. So I think, um, um, that one of the things that makes it really hard to decide whether to go is that, uh, you know, Eddie Izzard has a, a comedy routine where he about talks about how, aver- no, it's about uh, how if you use the word awesome to describe hot dogs, <laughs> yeah. then what do you use for looking at the at the cosmos? <laughs> and I think that the, there's a similar thing with hurricane coverage where if every time that a tropical storm comes anywhere into the Gulf, you get full blast hysterical coverage and absolute dire predictions of doom. Um, Then when you get those for the real thing, you don't know the difference. How do you know? Your information gets diluted by the fact that it's commodified and and mass hysteria and uh, predictions of doom get viewers and so they have an incentive to make everything sound as bad as it possibly can and so yeah it's hard to it's hard to figure out from the coverage that you're getting what the real danger is one thing and another i i mean you know if you if you know to look to the um i want to i wanted to say the cdc i keep every time (laughs) that i uh start talking about uh COVID, I use the word Katrina instead because I, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, if you know to look for, to the National Weather Agencies and to uh, the driest, uh, no pun intended, the driest possible sources, Uh then you can get something fairly objective, but they're not going to make predictions very much because that's part of what they're doing is not stoking hysteria. And so they just tell you what's happening in the moment. and maybe they give you sort of uh, a range of different possible paths with some percentages next to them, depending on who says what, um, uh, which meteorologists are uh, predicting what. So it's hard to decide whether to go or not. And when you consider, yeah, the whole thing that you were talking about, Chad, where it's like, I'm almost out of gas and I haven't gotten been able to get out of town. It's just the frustration is so high that um, uh, it makes you a lot more likely to stay. Yeah, so I think my experience might be different from from y'all's because I, you know, grew up in the panhandle where this was just 
if not annual, like almost annual occurrence to evacuate. And I had like really two different stages with it. One, when I was a kid and uh, uh, my mom will probably correct me on, on all of these things that I tell you about this, but uh, I remember, so my mom will evacuate anytime there's a hurricane. Absolutely. And uh, I, I understand her reasoning because she experienced like some really bad hurricanes where she stayed because my dad stays because he's a boat captain and that's what they they have things to take care of, right? They don't leave. So, um, and, and she stayed through some really scary ones and so then would evacuate. So I, when I was a kid, I would evacuate every time. And then when it got to the point that I could kind of make these decisions for myself, like 14 or 15 or so, I would just stay with my, my dad. Um, but like when we, we used to, I remember, and this seems crazy, but I remember evacuating for Hurricane Frederick and I would have been, it's 1979. So I'd have been like two and a half years old would have happened but i remember very distinctly like uh evacuating for it and um what what happened then is or what you know all these kind of experiences run together in my mind sometimes but you you go off and you don't know you're also rolling the dice on where you're going to end up and where you end up you might be for a long time and you don't really know that so you have to factor that into the decision too and and, you know, I remember like this was not Hurricane Frederick, but other times we had to evacuate with our pets. Uh, we, we end up in a motel room like where you're not supposed to have pets, but you like you sneak the pets in and then you're there. You're like in a motel room somewhere in a place that you don't live with, like, you know, a grandparent and a bunch of dogs. It's like not I remember what our dog or we we got food like because, you know, you're out in the country you're somewhere you're not familiar with every grocery store closed at like five in the afternoon and you're able to get some food and we brought it home and our dog got into the food and ate all our food. Um, and so you're, it's not a fun situation to evacuate. It's pretty rotten. And I also remember in the days before computers, we would evacuate with all of our photographs. Like we would pack all of our photo albums and pick, you'd have frames of pictures off the wall in your car because you might have no hurricane that ends up where you are, but you might lose everything. And so every time you have to do this, it's exhausting. But then after these times, I started staying with my dad because my dad um, is responsible for boats and he looks after other people's boats. And I also think probably a lot like, like, I, like I am with it and like you mentioned, David, like it's a point of pride to not, not leave. It's a point of, you know. Uh, no. And I don't think that's unreasonable because like if you, there is like solidarity in the experience of staying, right? Like you stay and you experience this with everyone and you get through it with everyone. Right. And uh, it's a thing that you do. And so from then the point where I was like 15 or so, it's like, there's no way I'm evacuating. I'm, unless it was really, really, really dire. Like, unless I knew like this was going to be bad because then once you, once you don't leave, you're, you're there, which puts you into some kind of power over where you live and control if you leave you don't have control anymore you you can be told like sorry you can like think about you know new orleans was two and a half months for people in the lower ninth ward it was longer than that where they weren't even allowed back in their neighborhood and their houses are sitting there just rotting r having water festering in it ruining everything they own well people saying oh, sorry you can't you can't come back so you can kind of take ownership over it if you if you stay like I remember once like everyone evacuated and I stayed at my mom's house and you know my dad was over in Destin I guess and I think we were without power for like 
a week maybe afterwards it might be too long but i just remember like hanging out in the backyard with the barbecue grill like cooking a can of soup on the barbecue grill <laughs> and uh you know it was better for me than like being in a hotel in atmore or somewhere like where you know we're we're not going to have any control over what's going on also looking at this i'm thinking about like um during like normal times like you get dinged so much for having the accoutrement of being a, a redneck uh, like driving a giant gas guzzling pickup truck and like having all this outdoor stuff and you might be others. But like really, like if you've gone through this experience multiple times, it's so much nicer to have your your redneck accoutrement. If you've got like a truck and a winch and a, you know, I don't know, uh, a generator and a bunch of canisters of gasoline, that's a nice thing to have when you don't have power for for a few weeks. But like, I mean, I feel like like people have been through, like I feel like something has changed, at least on social media, since last year where people get now that like your your decision making process in a in an evacuation isn't um is this dangerous or is this not dangerous but rather like do i have enough money to go on an extended vacation you know a, a forced vacation do i have does my work expect me back on monday like are will will i be fired um will i be able to get back uh you know to any any of my stuff or see any of my stuff and check on it. Like, it's just not an easy thing. And like you guys said, like the conditions at the time too affected, if you go to pull out on the interstate and it's packed, man, I'm turning around and going home. Like I, I don't, I can't do it. I'm not going to sit on an interstate for, and then like, think about how dangerous that gets. Like what if you're on the chef, whatever on highway 90 in the rigolets went and you get stuck there and then the storm shows up. I mean, that's going to be like a mass casualty event. You don't want to have to do that. So there's a lot more that goes into it. Anyway, I think one thing that uh, Ida's sort of highlighted, and I hope people are paying attention, all the people who still don't recognize that Katrina was a disaster because it was a levee failure uh -huh. instead of that New Orleans can't stand to be hit with a strong storm. It's right. like uh, the 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 it's part of how we talk about. Uh, Katrina, if you know much about it, and certainly if you live through it and through the rebuilding and stuff, that um, we talk about it as a levee failure more than we talk about it as a as a weather hurricane. Event. Of course, yeah. You know, and I have to explain this a lot in a professional context because you know we've done a very good job in my discipline of pushing like there's no such thing as a natural disaster over the last few years. I think people are starting to respond to that now. But it's funny. I always tell people when I do this, like you don't have to explain that to anyone in New Orleans. You don't have to have like a, you don't have to go to college to understand that Hurricane Katrina was not in any way, shape or form a natural disaster, right? It's a, it's a levee failure. And, you know, uh, Andy Horowitz, <laughs> my dissertation committee member, Andy Horowitz had a, has a piece in the New York Times today about like the takeaway from Ida. And it's that the levees did hold and that maybe large scale publicly funded government run infrastructure uh, is a good idea going forwards as opposed to trying to do, you know, your resilience, your your private, uh, your public-private uh, coalition of, you know, whatever, resiliency is just doing actual infrastructure projects um, might be good to point out. Because I'm, I've been very, very skeptical of the new levy system um, for the last few years. But like we have to say, it did work this time. It did hold this time. That's the that's a very, very big difference. Like the, the difference that you're seeing now is in places that are outside the levee system and inside the levee system. Like Laplace is just outside of it. Galliano's outside of it. Um, 
Golden Meadows outside of it. Grand Isle, of course, is certainly outside of it. So, so that, that's a big difference that you're seeing. seeing Did now. you hear the um, uh, two of the ferries uh, tore loose? Yeah, the and rogue floated ferry. upstream because the, the uh, Mississippi River went backwards. The, the Mississippi flowed backwards and it pushed the ferries up. And I think one of them ran aground and the other maybe is still to be heard from. I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know when, when and how they caught it. I, uh, it I, I sort of quit following now. the story. It has its own Twitter <laughs> account, the rogue fairy Twitter account, which is uh, pretty. Amazing. <laughs> I think one uh, washed up at Holy cross. Cause I saw there was a bunch of like, um, a bunch of like bywater kids and like high waisted, uh, jorts and, uh, and black t-shirts out, out looking at it in the photo that I saw. And there was like a boat next to it on fire and then the ferry up on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the, miss, the scenes from Miss River were nuts. It was actually going backwards. And I kind of had a brief, not argument, but like on on Twitter, I was kind of commenting, oh, look, it's going backwards. And someone's like, I don't think it actually goes backwards. And then I was like, well, I don't know if it really actually goes backwards as much as it appears to go backwards briefly. But then the numbers came out and it, for a brief period of time, was going backwards that's the force of a hurricane if you don't understand it it's like yeah the mississippi river has the ability to 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 go back upstream for a little bit and you know and all that held which is nice too except for in laplace where it's really low-lying area and it was uh pretty bad so far um yeah so i think people get that message about evacuations now at least i feel like they do it's and and then well, I don't know how much to delve into this. Then you also got, there was someone, like a professor, I guess at UT in Austin, who was like, we're going to have to seriously consider the location of New Orleans. Uh, it's like you get that every once in a while, too, which is like, just, yeah. just move it. Just move just it. Just move it like 10 miles north. Just move everybody. <laughs> just put it in Manchac. Just move New Orleans to Manchac, <laughs> um, which was the original <laughs> idea. But stuff like that always, I mean, one, it's just crazy. Like, we could talk about, well, like, think of all the great things in New Orleans, think of all the people. But it's also, like, that's not how cities work. Like, I mean, do you have a time machine and you can go back and talk to, like, uh, De La Salle? Talk talk to the French and say, uh, I'm sorry, don't survey this area. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think we should move. I mean, then that means we got to move the entire state of California. we got to move it out. Off a fault line. Do you know you built the largest economy in America on a fault line? Or, like, you're going to on a... <laughs> on what is now like a tinder what is now like a tinder pile like a yeah yes i mean phoenix arizona is built in the middle of a desert and has water piped in like uh little rock arkansas is built on it there's a fault line that runs through the capital uh new i York just got is... that you're talking about the fires yeah i thought you were talking about the app yeah well is that good? <laughs> um... <laughs> well so, i don't know you decide a tinder pile i mean <laughs> New York's on an island on the Atlantic Ocean, like with with a fault line through it. I mean, what city is built in a really safe area? Look at Tokyo's built on reclaimed land under a volcano, uh, like Mexico City. Mexico City, uh, a lake bed, a lake bed in a seismic, active seismic zone. Right, like where where is the safe city? Denver. I mean, Denver catches on fire and floods, right? Doesn't it alternatingly? I don't know. I, I think you can't breathe there. I think it's too high to breathe. Uh, it's too to breathe. We built it too actually, high. I think we built the city too high. Run down the hill. <laughs> actually, I think San Miguel might be higher than Denver, but... Uh, uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> if, yeah, that Rocky Mountain High is what I'm talking about. You get direct from the source in San Miguel. What is the other thing I want to talk about? One is, I don't want to do like too much just reporting on Twitter drama, but there was a kind of funny thing where... Um, 
Southwest Louisiana DSA was rightly saying, like, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to rely on the Cajun Navy to rescue people, uh, the Cajun Navy being a right-wing paramilitary group? And people got really pissed off about that. And it's like, do people not understand that the Cajun Navy is a right-wing paramilitary group? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I guess there's more charitable ways to describe them. But if you'll remember, they got uh, uh, busted during, well, busted found out during Hurricane Harvey when they were shooting at people, calling them looters, that like apparently that incident never, ever happened, but they still arm themselves and say it's because they have to defend themselves from big air quotes looters. And I think we all know yeah. what in the context of a disaster people mean by looters. They mean um, black people trying they, to get back into their houses. Yes, they mean black people. <laughs> they mean black people. And so, yeah, or, you know, trying to Skip find gates. water or anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... Yeah, I, I I think that the Cajun Navy is definitely has a copy of American Sniper at home. If you know I mean. um, <laughs> well, I, and there's a part of that narrative that is like uh, the feel-good stories on Facebook in one place and another about um, uh, billionaires paying uh, college tuition for people in a certain school district. And isn't this a heartwarming story? Right. And it's, it's like, not. It's a, it shows where like <laughs> yeah. a giant gap in our public infrastructure that, that we have to rely on people who own boats to go launch a trailer well, off the interstate. It just shows like We're when a there's a disaster, <laughs> when there's a disaster, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm, I'll let, I'll let you launch that boat out of your, out of my driveway. <laughs> right. I mean, if it's my neighborhood, <laughs> you're probably a Republican. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I want to reiterate, like, I think I'm very happy that they're able to do the work that they do, but it's also like, you got to realize there's some other like context to this stuff. And like, there's also, I should say for the record, there's like, I think at last estimate, there's 33 different Cajun navies and I'm not making that up. Here's the, uh, Fox eight out of new Orleans is the better business bureau warns of the differences and dozens of organizations with Cajun Navy in the title. <laughs> uh, the, the better, this is from a report from 2018, the Better Business Bureau is out with a warning for people thinking about donating to more than 30 groups that have the words Cajun Navy in their names. Oh, no. They say several do not appear to be charitable organizations. Hold um, on. I have to, I have to go do something. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, I'm, uh, I only give to Sean Penn's uh, original Cajun Navy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think it is one of those things, like you say, it's like, it it shows like people really want that to be true. Like, look, I mean, it sort of is, but it's also like, uh, you know, I know a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, especially women and especially black women who've been organizing for like the last week, at least like just getting, um, people's like, uh, uh, what are, what are the cash apps to get people directly money who are trying to evacuate like right now so they can go stay somewhere and it's like we should i mean that's at least if not more valid than hey i got a boat but like the hey i got a boat thing is fun tv and it's a fun narrative like look at these all these cajun guys they good old boys um got their boats out and went to rescue people that's heroic but it's like yeah i mean it can be and i'm happy they're able to do it but it's like you know so are all of the women that i've seen like organizing to to get families into hotel rooms and you know we shouldn't have to we shouldn't i think the the southwest louisiana dsa's original tweet was we shouldn't have to rely on this this shouldn't be our only alternative but then this became an argument about boats which was uh hilarious which like dsa types wouldn't know anybody with a boat anyway it's like dude i'm 
I co-founded DSA New Orleans, and I definitely, I definitely know what an engine room smells like. Um, you were talking about um, uh, uh, redneck accoutrement and yeah. how that can really help out. Like boats are it's one expensive. of those things, but <laughs> yeah, and also there's redneck baggage, which doesn't help as much. Right during a crisis, that's the right. whole uh, uh, right shooting looters sort of le- uh, is the baggage as totally to yeah. And are you expecting like I mean, uh, hey, we're here to save you. Like we also think you're a criminal, or you know, um, yeah. And that's the other thing about about like all of that stuff that this was part of the argument on there was like, do you know how much a boat costs? Like a John boat at this point is over a thousand dollars. A Boston whaler used is about ten thousand dollars. That's without a trailer. <laughs> and like if you're if you're going out getting people on a Robalo, that's a hundred over a hundred thousand dollars you're starting. And if it's an airboat, like the symbol of being a uh, Cajun, uh, the Cajun Navy, if it's an airboat, it's going to start over sixty seventy thousand dollars used, right? So it's like think about that too. It's not something that everybody can everybody can do. Anyway, that's a that was a one 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 argument. Well, it was it was it was Twitter drama, which is whatever. But it was also underlying something I think was important, which was like we shouldn't have to rely on all of this. There should be other ways to do this stuff. But anyway, if anyone wants to fund a DSA Navy, I uh, am volunteering to go get my six pack license and be the admiral of the. Uh, DSA Justin Wilson's Navy. Justin Wilson's <laughs> no Red Hollands. Uh, I know this is not Red, Red Holland. It's not a reference that any of you <laughs> will know. But in um, the tri-state area, being Panhandle of Florida, Alabama, and Georgia, the biggest, most popular. Oh, you mean the studio, tri-state area? The tri-state area, <laughs> the sawgrass, the sawgrass area uh, was fishing with red. Where uh, okay. Red Holland fishing with Red, and he died of COVID this year, so he can't be the admiral. So I volunteer to be the admiral of the DSA Brownwater Navy. I'm ready. I'm gonna be like the John so Kerry of the DSA. I'm gonna get swift mode. <laughs> <laughs> that motherfucker well, it... didn't do anything. Anyway, I'm applying for a purple heart for falling off the boat. West Cheek, and you're reporting for duty. Yeah, I'm here to report for duty. And then I start laughing because I said duty, and I fall off the boat and get my purple heart. <laughs> Bring in Justin Wilson's Cajun Navy. Well, that's the competition. We'll have Justin Wilson's Cajun Navy versus Red Holland's Pan Redneck Redneck Armada. I'll do uh, is... Bill Dance. Bill Dance's <laughs> Cajun Navy. Is that the East Tennessee uh, boating? That's a East Tennessee like uh, uh, outdoors with Bill Dance was a fishing show, oh. and uh, watching Bill Dance uh, fish was uh, what people did on Sunday afternoons. Yeah, yeah, TV. I would get up early to watch Fishing with the Red Man. That was a show. Oh, I love that show. Uh, I guess then Atlanta, our George will have to send in the uh, Chipper Jones bow hunting, bow hunting ground forces. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to tell a dumb Chipper Jones story, but I will refrain. Just Chipper Jones was going back and forth with Larry the Cable Guy on Twitter about funny videos he saw. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like a hit. He was like tagging Larry the Cable Guy, like, "Hey man, you seen this?" <laughs> uh, so what was the other? Uh, there's there was other hurricane stuff I wanted to talk about. Kind of so frazzled. Uh, I forget forget my uh, list of things to talk about, but the evacuations, 
We had the Brownwater uh, Navy. Well, oh, 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 I don't know if people know. So, like, everyone in New Orleans, um, pretty much, except for people who worked at Entergy, hate Entergy. And I don't know how much people outside. Do you guys have Entergy in Houston? Is that? Oh, oh yeah, we have Entergy, yeah. And did everyone in Houston hate Entergy? Re- yes. You may remember them from the uh, the big freeze of February 2020, 2021. Oh, yeah. That was Entergy, too? That was in- Energy played a part, yeah. All they do is win, 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 win. All they do is win, yeah. Uh, so Energy it provides, I think they're the last Fortune 500 company to have a headquarters in New Orleans. I think maybe I'm right about that. And, and so Energy, right now the power's out in Energy. Part of it, not all of it, part of it's because one of their giant towers, which it rusted, rusted out, fell over and, and dropped. Um Power cables into the Mississippi River, which sounds ideal to me. Why not have loose, massive power cables in the backwards flowing Mississippi River with rogue ferries out there? But (laughs) (laughs) so they're out, and it sounds to everyone's kind of giving because no one trusts energy. Like it sounds like they're going to be out for longer than people think because they keep saying, like, well, we're going to appraise the situation over the next few days. And it's like, well, if it takes you a few days to appraise it, it's going to be out for a while. Um, but Intergy, is this a year ago now? I don't know if anyone outside of New Orleans followed this story, but they got busted because they wanted to put in a new power plant out to, out in New Orleans East. It was going to cost like a billion dollars or something, but it was going to make them more profits. And there was argument like, well, why don't you guys just do a better job of like looking at the system you have now and making sure it doesn't fall apart? And like, no, we have to make this new plant. And they sold it partly on the idea of if there's a major disaster, we'll be able to just like generate power there. But they got busted because what they were doing was they hired actors to be grassroots campaigners for it who would show up and fill up all the public meetings on it so that no one could really get in to disagree with them. And they would all like hold up signs and say, we want power plant in new orleans east i should also say these actors are they hired largely non-white people so you kind of like they were really really astroturfing for new orleans east and they got busted for this but i think they went ahead they went ahead with it with it anyway and like so now people are wondering um okay so you went over our heads and made this power plant so like what's What's going to come of it? Oh, I see some of the signs here. It's like we, these actors they hired uh, all wear orange shorts to the meetings. It says jobs, giving, community, energy, and power station equals jobs. <laughs> and we need power. Are you sure that wasn't city. a spontaneous expression of the community? Because everybody I know in New Orleans, when they think energy, mm-hmm. they think jobs and saving and uh energy um, uh, yeah, yeah. and uh, they were when they, they hear were probably, the sewage and water board they think brotherhood and love <laughs> they were probably confusing it with energy because it sounds so close like energy yeah. and <laughs> right wait yeah you're right is that what they're doing with that because i thought what a weird name energy anyway i see how they how they work that whole thing um so yeah so energy is just a really terribly hated um company and then the contrast that could be made here is like you know running an entire power grid off of like a for-profit company as opposed to the you know everyone hates the core of engineers too but at least it's like you know a kind of public public project with oversight and, and stuff that that seems to have been successful whereas energy as usual are not successful and also looking forwards probably what's going to happen is energy is going to up everyone's charges for the next decade and say okay we got to pay off all the hurricane ida damage um so why don't you pay more 
for the service we can't bring you for the next 10 years. Well, Entergy was one of the companies during the freeze, you know, there was at one point during the freeze, like because the Texas grid is unregulated, you know, as is just mm-hmm. wild and unregulated. There was a <laughs> sorry, I have to at, do that every time I hear about Texas being wild and unregulated. It's, it's point, just freedom. I just feel the freedom every time I think about the corporations that run the Texas power grid. I feel the well, freedom. Well, just wait. Um, there was uh, at one point, like it was like going for like a thousand hour, like a thousand dollars, like a kilowatt hour. Like so, you were basically paying like a thousand dollars an hour for your and like if you were on a certain plan, which Entergy pushes, and and then they fought to. Um, and then like Texas said, well, that's ridiculous. You know, let's, you know, let's not charge people a thousand dollars, but then tech, like they were part of a class action suit to, you know, to make people pay the actual like thousand dollars an hour, um, for the power, because it's, it's like, they try to sell it to you. Like, Oh, the like pricing you, plan. Yeah. Basically like an Uber, like if you sign up for this plan, it kind of your pow- your prices will fluctuate. So like in the winter time, your prices will be very low, and you won't have to pay very much for energy. And, <laughs> and in the summertime, very low. Don't worry about it. You know, and then in the summertime, yeah, you'll pay higher prices, but you're going to make up for it in the winter time, like when you don't have to, like when it's never going to be cold or anything. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, they're they're a great company. Uh, I I would love to rag on the sewage and water board too, but apparently uh, it all held up this time. So um, they were putting out yes, notices yeah. during the hurricane to to not poop if you could help it. <laughs> if you could hold it in, <laughs> yeah, get a coffee can. <laughs> yeah, hold it in announcement. Boop 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 boop. Hold it. <laughs> yeah, go poop in the yard. No one will see you behind that that oak tree that's down across your backyard. <laughs> um, and then, so so after the storm, there started to be also, as usual, like these sporadic reports of uh, of giant air quotes looting, um, to which I always demand rigorous proof because, like, I, I'm not saying like crime doesn't happen, but like looting is a very loaded term, <laughs> and so the. The big one was like, uh oh, somebody tried to dilute the 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 formerly Lee Circle Circle K, which is just, I mean, I don't know, I can't. It's hard for me to explain how lame that Circle K is. I don't know why I have those feelings about it, but it's just an especially lame convenience store, and so I can't like feel any any way about it. And my main memory of that convenience store is during all the monument stuff when NOPD had snipers on the roof. So I, I have no. I have no like heartwarming feelings for the Circle K, whereas apparently somebody broke out a window there, and it's like you know I, I just don't care. It's like I please take the stuff out of the Circle K, like it's insured. But I think the better the better strategy, and I propose this for all disaster areas, is just like have the government cut them a check and pay some kids to go take everything out of the store and set it in the parking lot. Like, why not? What's the, if you don't want people to lose stuff, like just go liberate the convenience store, like and compensate them. Hey, here, here you go. We're going to pay you for all the bottles of water and candy bars you got in there. We're going to set them in the parking lot and they, you can and have your it. windows don't get broken. And your windows don't get broken. It's same with the, the dumbass whole foods. It's going to throw out all that food anyway. Like just put it all in the parking lot, Costco, put it all in the parking lot. It'll be okay. You'll get better. It'll grow back. Um, 
and then you don't have to worry about quote unquote looting. But then the police don't get to run around with like M16s, like the cop in the photo checking out the circle broken window at the Circle K. They don't get to ride the uh, big Humvee assault. Yeah, the troop carrier, the armored troop carrier around New Orleans. (laughs) protect the circle well you know it's like um um, i was talking to a friend who's uh uh, involved in city government about the french quarter and they don't even want um, uh, full-size garbage trucks rolling through the quarter because of the damage that it does to the roads and the buildings and so i can't imagine what those humvees are doing are they are there Humvees out right now? Like I don't know. I, no, I don't know. But I just know. in the, the you know in general, the, yeah, the, you wouldn't want them driving down through the French yeah. Quarter for God's sake. But you see the way all those uh, the beer trucks that go down there and just pull up on the sidewalk. Oh my God, it makes me crazy <laughs> every time. They just eh, they don't care. And I gotta say, after Katrina, when I got back to town, I kind of liked seeing the um, uh, Humvees full of like uh, goofy. Uh, you know, 18-year-old soldiers rolling around the parts of town where um, there was nothing. And um, um, I was glad to see them. Um, well, but that, but that, was, that was not the local cops. Right. And that was not during the crisis. That was just as we were slowly but surely repopulating the city. And uh, right. uh, Did you uh, salute them as liberators, up. like when you saw them? Um, like when they entered the city, uh, you saluted them as liberators? I did indeed. <laughs> Sorry, that's a. Was that a, 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 a spoons butler joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. We can edit that out later. Don't worry, they all died in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> Never. Um, oh, oh, sorry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Just being factually accurate, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least it did something useful after. But, but that's the thing. Like, I'm not like saying like there's there's no crime after a disaster. There is. It's a big city, right? And New Orleans has uh, crime issues anyway. But it's just like one of the things. Like looting is such like a loaded term, and it's such a people's conception, people's insistence that it absolutely happens when the actual documented cases of it happens are so, so minuscule, right? That it just drives. And, it, you know, we know the type of person who's kind of like, well, I want to make sure there's no looting. Like, I've, no, I'm really not looking forward to it at all if they, like, click the magazine into their AR-15, right? Like, as they get yeah. in the elevator to go to the top of the Superdome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. kidding. <laughs> I'm parachuting up to the Superdome right now because I hate to see I, I hate to see someone loot uh loot the office building and the office the two lane office building. I don't want to see that looted. Or the Circle K for that. Matter. I don't. Yeah, I wonder if you can get a Overwatch a Overwatch on the Lee Circle Circle K from the Superdome. That's the real question. If you can cover it, you can get yeah, it. I don't know, man. Well, I know. I know one guy that could. <laughs> but he's gone now. <laughs> he's yeah. left us. Yep. He's at the great. He's, uh, he's at the great he's, shooting range in the sky. He's got, he's got <laughs> Overwatch on us all now. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out to our, yeah, peace out to a real one, a real, real dead body. Here, here's to you, Chris Kyle's ghost.
<laughs> You're the real MVP. Uh, well, I imagine there's going to be a lot more to talk about about the hurricane in the the coming few weeks. This is always so. I'm I, not a disaster response person. I'm a disaster recovery person. So it's always interesting to me, like what happens now, because I think you get you have the big adrenaline rush of the event, and then you have the oh now all of this other stuff happens. And then I don't even like, I'm not in America. So it's hard for me to say it figures. It seems to me just so far looking at stuff, this has not been a huge event nationally or am I wrong? It seems to be, there's a lot more Afghanistan coverage than coverage. So I will say kind of like the week, the week before it did kind of watching the CNN homepage Mm -hmm. kind of, it did overtake the Afghanistan stuff. So it was like, the everything like the top half of the cnn front page was like um it was all ida stuff like ida's gonna do this i like it's gonna be you know this this here's this cool here's like really cool interactive map here's this other really cool interactive map experts experts but then kind of like once it landfall happened it's kind of like shrunk and kind of like it's gone down the you know afghanistan is back and you know it's disappeared like the, the Louisiana coastline. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and here in Mexico, we got hit with uh, Hurricane Nora mm-hmm. uh, the night before. And yeah. so, and that the, I think people in the U.S., I kind of mentioned it because I was getting sort of people checking in safe from both coasts. Right. Um, um, and... Uh, people in the U.S. had no idea what I was talking about when I talked about Nora, yeah. which when it hit Vallarta, it was it had downgraded to tropical storm, like a, mm. a very intense tropical storm. But the thing about Vallarta is that it's on the it's where the mountains meet or all along that Pacific coast mountains meet the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so you get really intense uh, floods yeah. as the water comes uh, tearing down, and you get landslides, yeah. and uh, it was it was pretty pretty horrible there. So in the Mexican press, there's a lot more coverage of Nora than Ida, which makes sense. I mean, yeah, you would think. But yeah, well, I guess that's enough for this time, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more to talk about on this subject next time. So I'll see you guys. Maybe more hurricanes. Maybe more hurt. You never know. We're only halfway through the season. Maybe more unnamed rain events that will make everyone from Houston have to evacuate to Lake Charles as well. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Next All right. Time. See you. Bye.